If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited time offer, so act now. If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited-time offer, so act now. Hey, what's up, folks? My name is Rob Gorski, and you're listening to the Autism Dad Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to tune in, uh, as always. Um, you know, before we get started, I just want to I want to remind you guys that that I hope as as you're listening to this, whenever that happens to be and wherever that happens to be, that you are safe and healthy and everyone in your world is safe and healthy. The world's sort of burning around us right now, and um, I just I wish you all the best. So please stay safe, be smart, and... Uh, Let's get into this episode. Um, my guests today are Kara Cooper and Jessica Rush. They are both Broadway moms, and we'll get into uh, what that means. It's, it's pretty easy to figure that out, but we're going to talk all about it in a few minutes. Um, and they're also uh, hosts of the Mama's Talking Loud podcast, which is hilarious. Uh, I've been listening to it since I connected with them, and so it's about a month or so now since we recorded and, uh, it's, it's just, it's fascinating to, to hear the stories. And, uh, you know, the one episode that I listened to that, that really kind of caught my attention was, was the, uh, an episode where they were talking about their birth stories, you know, when they're, when their kids were born and kind of what they went through and, and, and it's really fascinating as, as a dad to, to kind of get that perspective. And it kind of took me back to when my kids were born and it was kind of a very nostalgic, uh, experience for me. And I would encourage you all to uh, check out the podcast and I'll have links in the description for that. Anywho, they are both here to have a conversation about motherhood and yes, I'm a dad and no, that doesn't matter. We're all on the same team here. And, uh, we're going to talk about motherhood and how they have uh, managed to balance career and home life. And, you know, they were doing eight shows a week on Broadway and still managing their families and, and their kids. And, and I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, the insights and the perspective that they have, they are hilarious. They are so cool to talk to. They're so down to earth. And I, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, Kara is actually a special needs mom, uh, as well. And so, you know, there's a lot of commonality, uh, you know, that I can relate to her and, and vice versa. And it's just, it's just so cool to be able to connect with other parents who are maybe living, you know, a different life in a different state. Um, but there's so much that's relatable and it's just such a cool conversation. So I encourage you all to stick around. I will have that for you right after this quick commercial break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Uh, and we're back. And today we have uh, Jessica Rush and Kara Cooper uh, from Mama's Talking Loud, uh, the podcast. And I was actually listening to that uh, this week while I was 
putting some of the stuff together and trying not to go crazy because my kids just started online school and Ooh. it's a lot of fun. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I was listening to, uh, and, and we can get into all that later, but I was listening to episode 33 last night while I was typing this stuff up and you guys were talking about, uh, childbirth and what your experiences were and stuff. And, and that was just, it was really cool. Um, you know, when my kids were born, it was like the most pivotal moment in my life. And it's, it's always cool to kind of, um, have other people's experiences and, and kind of hear about your journeys there. And that was, that was really cool. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Awesome. I love that a, a man loved listening to the birth stories. <laughs> yeah, it, It's, I mean, like what's more pivotal than your kids being born, you know, Nothing. that was like, Oh my God. And, and moms are just like badass. I, I don't know how, I don't know how you do it. Uh, when, when I watch, we my don't kid, either. Yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> but I, I feel like from one badass to another, I mean, you're yeah. a single father of three kids with autism. That is like the ultimate badass in my mind. So, well, well, thank you. I just, I remember like when my kids were born, uh, my wife at the time was just, I mean, she was like a rock. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how she did it. And I was like this blubbery mess. Like I, I couldn't even like put two words together. It was like, I was just a total mess and, uh, listening to your stories. Uh, it, it was, it was funny in a lot of ways. Cause you guys were very funny in the way that you talk about this stuff, but it was just, it was just really cool to, to, uh, to kind of reminisce a little bit about what that part of my life was like. Anyways. It's fun to revisit it. I agree. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. So I yeah. It just from, from a guy's perspective, I thought it was really really awesome. So thank, thank you. you. I welcome. love that. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, all right. So you guys are both Broadway moms. We are. And yep. I mean, there are so many questions around that, but like, <laughs> could you kind of talk about what that is for anybody who's not familiar? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why totally. don't you take it away, Jess? Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So Kara and I are um, hashtag Broadway moms. And, um, <laughs> we met when we were doing Jersey boys on Broadway, um, years ago and both became mothers during that time. And, you know, we realized there wasn't much of a community, um, within the Broadway community, particularly. Um, I think a lot of times people think, you know, how do you, how are you an actor and a mom and you have to maybe leave the business or, or this or that. And, um, we, we weren't leaving and we were still doing the shows. And there were a lot of people, there are a lot of women who have um, stayed and are balancing and juggling motherhood and being an actor. And so we created a, a private Facebook group called Broadway Baby Mamas um, to have, to give support to women in our industry in all the ways, actors, costumers, dressers, composers, anyone who works in the community. Um, so, cause it is such a weird, you know, we do eight shows a week when, when Broadway is there, I mean, this is, we're talking to you during a very surreal time in our life. Um, the fact that there is no Broadway with this pandemic. Um, but you know, we were, we work Tuesday through Sunday, six days a week in the evenings, you know, when there is no, uh, daycare, you know, and, um, and so it's a very specific, uh, juggle, I think. And so we created the community. And then from that, we started Mama's Talking Loud so that people could hear our experiences and just sort of hear more about the mom life um, told sort of through the lens of women who work on Broadway. And I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of overlay with any kind of mother who's pursuing their career and the juggles that come up with that. Um, and it's something that, I mean, a lot of parents are facing right now with this pandemic, um, trying to juggle working while caretaking. Um, and it, I think that even though our journey is super duper specific to needing childcare at night and needing um, different types of support and not being around on the weekends to be with our families, the, the, the desire is the same for parents to be able to keep working and follow their passions and their desires while raising really great kids. So I think there's a lot of overlap, you know, even if you aren't uh, a theater artist, um, I think there's things that you can glean from what we talk about. Yeah, there, there is. And, and cause I think a lot of parents, like when they, when they have kids, 
um, I, I know there's, there's people in my family who had to make decisions about whether to go back to work or, you know, the, and everybody sort of finds their own balance. Some people want to go back to work. Some people decide they don't want to go back to work. And so regardless of what that job is or your career is, you still go through that same kind of process of trying to weigh, you know, your life out, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And, and Carrie, you're a special needs mom uh, as well. So that kind of adds to that dynamic a little bit. Yeah, it definitely, definitely <laughs> has. <laughs> can, can you tell us a little yeah. bit about? Sure. Uh, I have a seven-year-old daughter who's on the autism spectrum. Um, she was diagnosed fairly early, uh, shortly before she turned two. We were kind of keyed into her diagnosis because she, when she was three months old, she started uh, having seizures. So she had epilepsy, which just kind of look, we were already going to a neurologist. So we were already seeing all the doctors that were keeping an eye out for things, maybe not developing correctly or, or as, um, as to be anticipated. Uh, and she's amazing. She, she's just the coolest kid. Uh, but it definitely has, um, informed and guided my ability to work. Uh, my ability to take jobs and uh, the extra support that she needs. And, you know, I, I see this coming from the perspective of also having a neurotypical kid. So I have two children, one who's on the spectrum and one who's not. And I didn't know, I don't think how much it was affecting me until I had my neurotypical kid. And I was like, Oh, this is what kind of what everybody talks about when they talk about parenting. This is, this is what people typically uh experience and i just don't feel like i can leave her as much just because i need to be around the people who are supporting her because it helps me support her it helps me learn all the therapies that she does it helps me help her through her day so not being present for that is a real guiding factor as to whether or not i take certain types of work as she's gotten older, it has become easier. And we have, I always like to talk about our team. We have a team, we've got all the doctors and we've got all the therapists and she's in a really good school program. I also have a bunch of special needs mom friends in our community that I can count on or reach out to, uh, which has made a big difference for us. Um, but it's, it's certainly, it's changed, as I'm sure you know, it changes your life forever. Parenthood changes your life forever. Having a child with special needs changed their life in a really deep um, way that I think just typical parenthood doesn't. And uh, I'm grateful for it. I think it makes me an, a better human being in a lot of ways. Uh, but, you know, I've had to say no to a lot of things through and not begrudgingly so because it's what I've needed to do for my family. Um, but my husband is also in the theatrical business. He's an actor as well. And so, you know, we have to balance who's able to do what, when, uh, in being able to support her and our other child as well. So, so, so you've been able to sort of find a, a balance. I have. So I, when she was born, when Elon was born, Jessica and I were in Jersey boys and I was able to continue to do it. She was an infant, you know, our needs were, simpler, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, at that time. And as things progressed and we were starting to notice the extra support we were going to need, it was still fairly simple. She was getting early intervention. We found a, a preschool. She started going to, uh, for ABA therapy. Um, and we were able to keep that going. Once I had my second kid and she was a little bit older, it was much harder. And I, and I just needed to be around, you know, we're, teaching her how to be able to dress herself and how to be able to, you know, take care of daily living skills, using the bathroom, things like that. And I didn't want to leave that to somebody else. I wanted somebody else helping me help her, but I wanted to be present for that as a, you know, as most parents do. Uh, she was just coming to it a lot later and needs a lot more support. Did you find, um, when you had your second child, like you, you sort of have a different kind of frame of reference. It's kind of like, uh, I, my oldest was diagnosed in 2005 and then he, he presented very differently than my youngest uh, too. And so we didn't even think autism at the time for them because they presented 
um, very differently. And so my only frame of reference was how, how Gavin was. And we were sort of completely blindsided when we, when we realized that there was, you know, something going on with the other two. And, uh, it was kind of a, just an interesting experience because they really are so profoundly different and yet they all fall under the same, uh, diagnosis, which, which I think kind of leads to why it's such a confusing, uh, kind of thing for people to, to understand. But that's, that's, I, I always find it interesting when people have that, um, the ability to see kind of both sides and, uh, you know, you, you have your, you have your typical parenting experience and your special needs parenting experience and trying to find a balance between the two has got to be very, very challenging. It's certainly interesting. It's so funny you bring that up because I was actually speaking to a mom this morning whose child was just diagnosed two weeks ago and she was kind of poor, poor, uh, turned in my direction for support. And just to talk about, she's, uh, contemplating going to the same school that my daughter went to. And so they sent her my way and I was talking and I said, you know, the, the adage is so true. You meet one kid with autism. You've met one kid with autism. Mm -hmm. There is no you know, way to describe it because every kid is so, so different and their strengths and their weaknesses are so, so different. Um, I think that my son has really benefited in a, a lot of ways um, because we've had so many therapists in our house of seeing what that's like. He spoke super early because he was always around a speech therapist in our mm -hmm. house who was making sure that Elin used her words to express what she needed. So it was like, Oh, okay. I just use my words and then I get what I need. Um, but I, in a lot of ways it takes the pressure off. I worry a lot less about things that I think I really would worry about had I not had the experience with Elin, you know, okay. So he's not doing this. He's not doing that. He's going to do it. You know, and I think if I didn't have the experience with Elin, even today, she had some therapy this morning and we we're talking about her. I'm getting into the nitty gritty. So if that's too much, please no, let me fine. know. But she is having a hard time washing her hands. She can't manipulate the soap dispenser by herself. Mm -hmm. She needs hand over hand instruction because she really struggles with fine motor skills. And as the therapist was leading today, I was like, you know what? So what? So we keep helping her until she's able to do it because she's going to be able to do it. And I think, at, listen, three years ago, those words never would have come out of my mouth because I was in such a panic mm -hmm. to be like, oh gosh, is she ever going to do this? Is she ever going to do that? But she has shown me that she's going to do it. She may do it in a different way than other kids do it. She may figure out a way that works better for her. And I have to let her guide me in that mm -hmm. direction. But it's really taken the pressure off of how I parent my son because I'm like, you know what? He's going to figure it out and we'll figure it out together. I don't know. I think he has benefited from it in a lot of ways. Although there are other things, he definitely picks up on some behaviors that she does. And I'm like, yeah. uh -uh, this doesn't work for you. It may work for her, but it doesn't work for you. <laughs> uh, we even, even with three kids on the spectrum, they each sort of pick up on each other's behaviors and it's really hard. Like I I've been a firm believer of like, I, I never hold my kids accountable for what they have no control over right? Like we, we try and correct things that need to be, you know, corrected just so that they can better navigate life. But then some of my kids will, will pick up on some of the things that are outside of somebody else's control and, and, and try and ride that same scooter to, to get away with things that they want to get away with. And it, it's just, it's just constant. Uh, it's just, it's just constant. And, <laughs> it is. And constant. It is. And, and people think like, well, my God, three kids, like that's gotta be crazy hard. And, and it's challenging for sure. But I, I think it would be more challenging f for me, from my perspective, it would, I would feel like having uh special needs and neurotypical would be more challenging just because you're sort of torn in two directions. And, you know, we always try, it was a struggle for us, especially in the beginning to, to make sure that our younger kids didn't fall through the cracks and because, you know, Gavin required so much attention, like all the time. And the other two were, were pretty self-sufficient. I mean, like we didn't know anything was, you know, uh, going on until, uh, Emmett's 12. Now he was in kindergarten. I think Ellie was in kindergarten. So Emmett was, I don't even know. I know that it's, 
I don't know what day it is. I was going to say, is it Wednesday? (laughs) I I have a a UPS is showing up today and I'm pretty sure it's Wednesday. (laughs) I I don't, I don't, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what day it is anymore. It's, it's hard to mark time right now. It really, really is. How, how, um, Jess, can you talk a little bit about, uh, your family? Yes, I'd love to. Um, I have one daughter. Her name is Elliot actually. And, um, yeah, that's a good name. And, um, she is going to be six later this month. Um, she's going into first grade and yeah, she's, uh, she's neurotypical and not on the spectrum, but my mother actually is a special ed teacher and she has been with, uh, focusing on children with autism for the longest time. I mean, now not so much, uh, cause she's at a very specific school in New York city, but, um, I've grown up around children with special needs my whole life, you know, and been a part of that. And so for me, it's been interesting and amazing to watch Kara Cooper, mother Elon and go on this journey. Like, I tell her all the time, she is a rock star. She is a warrior. I don't know how she does it. Like Kara, I'm just close your ears then if you're, I know, no, but it's true. It's true. No, but it's like watching her, you know, I mean, we were in Jersey boys when Elon had, you know, Kara was supposed to come back to the show when Elon had her first seizure and to watch Kara navigate from that day forward, just from uh, doing the neurologist appointments and going to the hospital and figuring it all out. But more so than anything, like Graham and Kara putting her at the school that they put her at has given her so many tools and, and the focus that Kara has with Elon when she works with her. Kara talks about how she has said no to things so that she can be there. And it's because she is there. Like that is, she's there 24 seven during this distance learning, you know, Kara was doing like six hours of between school and therapy with Elon on her own every day. Do you know what I mean? Like she just, and I, I have no frame of reference for that. You know, it's like, I, I sit down for, you know, a couple hours with Elliot and we do work and then she moves on and she wakes up in the morning and does her own thing or whatever. And so I, and I'm tired and I just can only imagine what Kara or you, do you know what I mean? Like the true, the energy and the brain power that it takes to be a parent of a child with special needs. You know, I know there are the, the joys as well, but I, the day to day is I'm sure just beyond, you know, of course, Kara will tell you like, you just, it's what it is. You just get used to it. It's what, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, what I, it's I so appreciate you saying everything that you say, Jess, but I know that like, I'm sure that you agree <laughs> that of course you're going to do this for your kids. And really at the end of the day, you more, the more you help them, the more you're helping the way your family, you know, operates. Right. Would you agree with that? Of course, of course, totally. But you're still a rock star (laughs) taking all the names. (laughs) I, uh, uh, um, there are, there are people that ask me frequently. That's one of the most common questions that I get asked over the years. Like, 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 how do you do it? And I never know. Like, I'm, I don't know any different. So, I mean, like, this is yeah. my only frame of reference. This is what parenting is for me. And, and parents are supposed to be there for their kids. And we just sort of do, I mean, you really do become, and I, I joke sometimes it's like Stockholm syndrome, and, and whatever, but like, it, it really is. It's, it's, it's like, uh, you just, you just do it. Like, I never think about it. It isn't like, oh my gosh, this part of it is so exhausting. It's, it's just, I'm tired and I can be frustrated and overwhelmed. But to me, it's just, I'm just a parent. I, I don't, I guess I don't ever really view it as something more than that. Um, and that kind of sounds like what, what Kara is presenting it as well. Definitely. I mean, I think, I think in the beginning, and I don't know if you experienced this Rob with any of your kids, but you know, you become a new parent, you're expecting at the same time as other people. And so you start on this journey of parenthood and yours is kind of veering off in a different direction. And I think for a long time, I had a hard time with that. I had a hard time kind of coming to terms with the fact that my path was going to be so vastly different than Mm -hmm. either I expected or what my friends were experiencing. Um, And it was very isolating and I felt alone. 
Um, but the longer I've been on this path, it's just like, no, this is, this is just what it is. This is my path and this is my journey. And I, I'm, it's very freeing to be so open about having a child with special needs. And I think it's Mm -hmm. so important, um, for our kids visibility and for us as parents, our visibility and what it is that we experience. Um, and I think for such a long time, it was so something that was kept on the DL. Um, and I love that it's being talked about now. Um, you know, I think it's, it's useful for, for everyone. And I wouldn't, I, I don't know what I would do without having my, you know, special needs community, someone that Mm -hmm. I can send a text to, you know, when this is a horrible, I shouldn't even say it, but so when we were going through potty training, we had some really messy, sticky situations that happened in my daughter's Mm -hmm. bedroom in the middle of the night. And I could send a text to these people who understood and understood from just a sec not the sense of, Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you, but a sense of I've been there yeah, and been I there. know, you know? And, and so I think, yeah, go I ahead. I say no judgment. Yeah. Right. I mean, no that's, judgment. that's, that's one of the, uh, that, that's one of the unique things about connecting with other special needs parents is they, they get it without you having to explain it. And, and there's, there's never any, any judgment, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I totally get it you know, it'll be okay or whatever. And, and that's, that's always really nice to, uh, to have that kind of community built around you. So that's, that's good. And I, and I like the fact that you are supporting other people as well. And, and, and sharing your journey is, is really important because there's so many stereotypes and there are so many, um, uh, there, there, there's so much one moment, Emmett, yeah. what do you need? Can you open the door, please, and just tell me what you need? <laughs> your phone is on the charger, and your laptop is right there. Every time. I know you need to know. You need to know everything. But what you need to know is that I have about a half hour left and then I will be out after that. All right. You're awesome. Got it. You can annoy me, annoy me afterwards. That's right. Okay. (laughs) I love it. Every single time, every time I need to know. Well, he, 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 uh, yeah, he's, he, he deals a lot with, he, well, he's very, my two youngs are very, very high functioning and, and most people would not, would not see autism in them. Uh, but there's a lot of anxiety. And so as soon as I shut the door, that becomes like, uh, what, what if I need something like, what, what am I supposed to do or whatever? And then, and then he's just nosy. Sometimes he's just nosy. Cause you know, even, that's just kids. Yeah. Kids, <laughs> the autistic kids are still kids and, exactly. and their purpose in life is to drive their parents crazy. Just like we drove our parents crazy. <laughs> and, and it's sort of like a rite of passage, right? I mean, like I, I, so like when I talk about my kids, like I don't, I, I, I sort of, I'm very transparent about everything and, and I do it because I mean, they're just kids, right? I mean, people talk about their kids having challenges, or whatever. There's no, there's no difference. I mean, yeah. there might be different challenges. It might be more challenging or uniquely whatever, but, but, uh, there's, there's no shame in anything. And I, and I think the more we talk about it, the, the more people will understand and, and I, and I think that's really important. And, and, and people, families like ours don't feel isolated and, and alone. And that's, that's a big problem, um, that, you know, our community, uh, faces. Um, all right. So I I always ask everybody how has COVID impacted your lives? Because COVID has impacted everybody's life. And, and, and there's still people who kind of get lost in this and feel like they're the only ones out there dealing with it. And so I always ask because it's kind of a, a gentle reminder to people that, you know, we're all kind of doing this. Take it away, Jess. (laughs) Okay. We are definitely all in this together. Um, COVID has impacted my life greatly. Um, As, as I'm sure it has a lot of people. I tend to forget though, that there are people that are still have, they still have jobs and still have things that they are doing in their life. Some people, their life hasn't changed that much. You know, they might have to wear a mask or whatever, but I was, when COVID hit, I was doing Tina, the Tina Turner musical on Broadway. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, and my husband was in La Jolla, California doing a show and everything shut down. So Broadway shut down. So I went from having, you know, eight shows a week and a job, um, to nothing. And my husband's show also shut down, you know, all theater just sort of shut down on that Thursday. And we decided at the time, we didn't know how long it was going to be. We knew it would be a little while. I don't think any of us thought it would be, you know, upwards of probably a year at the end of the day. Um, but we, my daughter and I flew to La Jolla actually, and we have been living in La Jolla, California since March, the playhouse that he was working at has graciously allowed people to stay. Um, particularly because we live with my, well, I should say my parents live with us, <laughs> um, in New York city in a three bedroom apartment and, uh, being able to have our own space and in the sunshine and some outdoor space has been such a gift. So I'm really thankful for that. My parents are still in New York and they're enjoying their freedom as well in the apartment. But uh, I think that what has been the most difficult, um, Elliot's done really well with adjusting to distance learning. I mean, she misses her friends and that's why we're in Washington. Now we've come to visit family so she can be with her cousins. But um, the most, I think for me and for my husband as well, you know, we, being an actor, I think is a calling, you know, there are jobs that are callings. There are jobs that are so much a part of who you are and built into your soul basically. And artists are, are those people. And, um, you know, we've had moments before where we might not have had a job or we might be between shows or between gigs, but we've always known that either something was coming or there were options. And right now, what I think people don't really realize about our industry in particular, and, um, is that it's been decimated in all the ways and and there are no options. You know, it's not like we can go audition for something else and get a job, not even television and film, you know? So usually we can sort of pivot to a different part of, the industry. But right now for the composers and the playwrights and the dancers and the choreographers and the seamstresses and the everyone, you know, the lighting designers, there are no options. And that is what is um, most difficult to wrap our brain around. I mean, I still feel like every day I'm in disbelief that this is life. Like I don't, I, I don't have an option. Like I can't go audition for something else. I'm just waiting for my show to come back. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's really, it's, it's, um, a very odd place to be, you know, actors We're we're prepared a lot for instability, but this is something completely different. You know, we, we can juggle the in-betweens knowing that there are options, but with no options, um, this has been a, a real struggle. Yeah. So. We're, we're in a, a similar situation. This kind of interminable intermission is kind of what, you know, Broadway in the theater community is going through. I wasn't in a show when Broadway shut down, um, but I was auditioning, you know, for possibilities. But my husband uh, works at the South Park musical, The Book of Mormon on Broadway, and his show shut down. He's been there for nine years. Oh my God, I can't believe it's been. (laughs) I know, which is insane. Um, But, uh, you know, that's been our stability as a family is that he has this job there. And um, it's been very stressful, not knowing what, uh, when he will return and what that looks like for us as a family and how to support two children, especially a child with special needs, which is something else, you know, special needs kids come along with a lot of extra cost. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, but we're, we're figuring it out. Um, and I'm in a, on the flip side of that, this has been an unbelievable gift for my family. Um, you know, we, in a typical year, if I'm in a show or my husband, my husband has been in a show since we've had kids, uh, we eat together as a family, maybe 40 times a year for one meal dinner together 40 times a year, because there's one day off a week. And, uh, you know, this, we sit down to dinner every night as a family and my kids are getting this, you know, time that they're never going to get back. They're still young enough to really want to be with us. You know, having a seven and a three-year-old mom and dad are still like, you know, your parents are still king, super cool, you know, and they want to be with us. And I'm, you know, as difficult as that can be, (laughs) uh, I'm trying to look at the bright side of it. And it's funny. I, I keep bringing this up, but I said to 
our therapist, as she left this morning, I just was like, I can't believe through all of this, Elin has grown so tremendously. And I don't know if it's because we've just been around and we've been functioning in a way that she hasn't experienced. I was saying to somebody else, I think she feels really confident because she's supported by us all the time and maybe isn't noticing her deficit as much as she normally would being around other kids and constantly noticing like, Oh, I'm not, I can't do what they can do. No, she's around us and everything she does is amazing to us. You know, Mm -hmm. we're like, Oh my gosh, look what you can do. And she's, she really has grown and who knows, maybe she would have grown during this time regardless. Um, But I'm trying to, I don't know, focus on COVID. Yeah. I mean, I do think there's something to the fact that you have been so focused on her, you know, I mean, Uh, go to school, there's focus, but it's, you know, there are a lot of kids there. And so I think just the hands-on and presence of you guys around, you know, Well, and something this relates to you, Rob, is that, you know, with my husband working and his, his schedule is really, really taxing and he wasn't around a lot. I was parenting on my own a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, doing bath and bedtime by myself every night if I wasn't working um, and doing all the support. And, and that took a toll on me definitely. And maybe made me not the best parent in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? I think my, my, yeah, like my patience was, would run out a lot more quickly. And, um, I think having him here to have as support and to give them someone else to go to for support has benefited us. And I can't imagine what it's like for you all, all the time doing it. I, I bow down to single parents everywhere because I think it's such a monumental job. So well, thank you. This is such a fascinating conversation. I, I love hearing, well, I always love connecting with other parents and I love hearing the different perspectives and, and, uh, you know, we've, we've tried to turn our, we've been, I was just checking my phone because I, I, like I said, I don't even know what day it is, but I have a, uh, I keep a widget on my, my home screen. that has my COVID lockdown days. Uh, <laughs> cause my, my oldest is immunocompromised and my middle child has asthma so we, we've been on lockdown, uh, for 167 days and Ooh. my adult contact <laughs> during the week. Well, any, any time right now is, is these, these, uh, these zoom calls. And, and it's, it's so nice to hear other people's stories because it even reminds me that I'm, I'm not, you know, in this by myself. Cause it sort of feels like that. Like you're I, like, I love my kids and I'm so grateful that I have them all the time but I have them all the time. Right. And, and like, we, we try to go out hiking and stuff like that. And, and uh, like in remote places where there isn't a lot of people, cause people in, in Ohio are not following like mask mandates and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, I, I've, I'm, I'm trying to balance responsible parenting and, and sort of paranoia when it comes to my oldest, because he, he is immunocompromised. Like I, I don't, like I don't take any chances and, uh, because I kind of feel like if I, like I have one chance to get this right. And if I make a mistake and I screw up, it could be the worst possible outcome. And, and so that's, that's really, that weighs heavy. And, uh, but you know, I've, I've been hands-on with my kids forever, but, but like getting to watch them, well, to the distance learning hasn't been fun the last couple of days, but, but just getting to see them kind of grow in ways that, that maybe I would have missed because they'd be in school or, uh, you know, something like that. And, and we're safe and we're healthy and we're using this time to sort of rebuild ourselves and, and, uh, kind of emerge from this nightmare whenever mm-hmm. that is in a better place than when we went into it. And, uh, and so I, I like, I like the positive, I like the positive, uh, spin on things. And I think it helps keep us from just like giving up. <laughs> oh, for yeah. sure. I, I mean, mean, it's certainly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like having, you know, and my husband and I say this all the time, you know, we never would have this time, you know, Kara, like Kara was saying, Graham's been in his show for nine years. And um, between my husband and I, one of us has been in a Broadway show constantly for the last like 12 years, which is a great gift, but it also means that you know, with a Broadway show, you get one week vacation every six months. So that means in a year you have two weeks of vacation and Monday's off, 
you know, that's all the time off you have. You don't have weekends, you don't have things. And so you don't see your kids as much and you do miss out on things and you don't get to create as many family memories. And so while this has been difficult, um, you know, we look at each other all the time. We've had, you know, we have friends that have passed away from COVID. We have friends that have been greatly impacted. And so being able to just take a moment and realize we have our health right now, we are in, you know, normally we're in California, the sun is shining. We can go on a hike. We can be eat dinner together outside every night in this beautiful weather. And, you know, we're going to figure it out. But the things that really matter, we're trying to, you know, to just enjoy this time with Elliot so much because we would never have had this time. You know, when we drive back down to California, we're going to drive the PCH because we've always wanted to drive the California coast, you know, and see that all the way down. And, you know, when you get one week off every now and then, <laughs> that's not enough time to do those things, you know? So mm-hmm. um, it's, it definitely, there are, even in this nightmare of a time, like you said, there have been um, silver linings for sure. Very cool. I, I, I love the attitude. I really do. Like it's, it, it, it go, oh, go ahead. Oh, oh, trust. There are several texts no, that say. go through with the two of us that are not so positive. I was going to say, it's not all the time, but we are trying yeah. to focus on the positive. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like that's, it's, it's still a balancing game and that's, that's, uh, I just, I totally respect that. And, and it's nice to hear that because then it just kind of reminds me, Okay. I can do it too. So, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, all right. So let's, let's dig into your podcast because I started listening to that this week and, and mama's talking loud is, is, is fantastic. Um, can, can you guys, we were talking, I don't remember if it was before I already forgot whether we were doing this when I started recording or not. Uh, I was listening to episode 33 last night while I was typing up the notes for today. And, and you guys were talking about, uh, your childbirth experiences. And I mean, maybe it wasn't meant for like with the target audience of dads or whatever, but like that, it was such a cool thing to listen to you guys all share your stories. And because I remember when we went through that, uh, there was, there was some similarities and, and, and it just, it just sort of took me back to one of the most pivotal times in my life. And, uh, it was just, it was really awesome. So how did you guys, like, how did you guys get started? Like what, you know, it's funny. We, uh, Jessica and I always talked about doing a podcast. We kept, it was like in the back of our brain kind of simmering for a while. And I had just finished up, um, being in the prom on Broadway. Uh, it was a short lived show. Unfortunately, it was a wonderful, wonderful, uh, Broadway musical. Uh, but our, one of our producers was starting the Broadway podcast network. And she reached out saying, I know you have the support group, Broadway Baby Mamas, and I love what you guys do. And I wish that that support had been around when I was a new mother, um, you know, as a producer in the business. She said, have you ever thought about doing a podcast about motherhood on Broadway? And we were like, yes, we have. Let's do it. Um, and I, I mean, I know I, I know I speak for both of us where it has become more fulfilling and meaningful than I think Jessica and I ever imagined it would be. Um, Connecting with other mothers about their journeys, their struggles. Um, Also, we've started to connect with fathers. We're bridging the gap between just mamas and dadas talking loud, obviously. Um, But, uh, and having people reach out to us saying, oh, I listened to this episode and I felt like I was hearing my own story. And I feel like there's such worth in that. And I know, I know for me, and I, I, this does relate to special needs, but hearing someone's journey through the special needs parenthood uh, struggles is so comforting. It's just comforting to hear somebody else going through something similar that you're going through. And if we can provide that for anybody, then our work here is done. You know, if one person turns in and they're like, oh, I feel seen and heard and supported and it's just so nice to know I'm not alone, then we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. I don't know, Jess, you feel the same way? I know you do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, of course. Yeah. It's definitely become the most special thing that we do. I mean, it's, it means so much to us. We enjoy it so much. I mean, please, I love to talk. So that's, (laughs) um, that's not hard to do, but, but uh, it's been, it's been so much fun and it's, 
it has made me more aware of just the variety of ways we parent, right? And the ways we approach parenthood and motherhood. And like Kara said, hearing from people, I mean, I had a friend the other day who reached out who is a godfather. He's a gay man, doesn't have his own children, but he reached out and just said like, I've been listening to the podcast and it has made me a better best friend, a better godfather. You know, he's been there to witness his best friend get married and have children and go through miscarriages and all the things that come with that. And he said, it has made me so much more aware of what she goes through and has helped me to be able to support her on that journey. And that just, that meant the world to me. That meant so much. And, and that's the thing I think that, you know, it is a, you know, we talk a lot about the mom life, but at the end of the day, these are all human experiences, you know, told through the lens of being a Broadway mom. And we've, I have, you know, I found that like men say, like you just said, you enjoyed that episode and you learned things and it brought you back to a time in your life. And I've got, you know, there's this fabulous dresser at our show who came in one day and he was talking about how much he loves the podcast. You know, I think it's just, I think it's interesting that, it covers um, all all types of people listen and find something of worth in in what we talk about. It's awesome. Yeah, I uh, when I when I when I started this, oh my gosh, it's been maybe a year and a half, two years. Everything sort of blends together, like we keep saying. I I, I like I'm my my uh, like my foray into working with people was just writing. Like I was writing my blog for like about 11 years now. And I, and I just got to a point where I didn't, I didn't like writing anymore. It was, it was too, it wasn't doing for me what it used to do. And, and the podcast, uh, you know, there's something really special about having conversations and it helps you connect with people in a unique way. And, and you can hear, you know, I mean, most people like we could see each other, but most people obviously don't see that they, they just listen, but you can see like the affect and, and the, the body language and the facial expressions. And, and it's just, it's a cool way to, to learn about other people's lives and, and to have other people learn about yours or, you know, and, and I think there's, there's a takeaway for everybody, you know? Um, I, I don't know what like the intended takeaway necessarily would be for most people with that episode that we were talking about. Uh, mother is born, uh, because I'm a dad, but like it, it totally just like, it took me back to when my kids are born and as much as they drive me crazy, I mean, just listening to that reminded me of how lucky I am, you know, to, to have my kids. And that's just, it was, it, it was such a cool experience. And I just, I was going to ask you if you guys get that kind of feedback and apparently <laughs> you do. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I love hearing you say that it, you know, reminded you how lucky you are because our kids do drive us crazy. Mm-hmm. And obviously in these extreme circumstances, not having any respite from that, but, um, I, you know, it, we're, we all came from somebody, right? So whether you're a parent or you're just a human being, there is a connection to the experience of parenthood. You know, you've, mm-hmm. you've been a kid, you know, whether, and whether or not it's troubled, maybe you had a troubled childhood, but I think any sort of perspective of somebody else's experience is something to connect to. And during this time, I feel like connection is more important than ever because we're not connecting in the ways that we're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, used to doing, we're not congregating, we're not being a social. And this is a great way to, you know, kind of provide that for people. I totally, I totally agree with that. It, it's, we we're having to find new ways of being connected. Uh, and, and I think like as, especially as parents in, in general, autism parents specifically tend to be tend to find themselves isolated for a million different reasons. And, uh, being able to, to reach out, you know, through something like this and, and connect with someone, even if it's just like one person, uh, that day and it makes a difference. And it sort of feels like for me, like I'm turning something positive. Uh, I'm, I'm turning the, the struggles that we go through into something positive and sort of lighting the way for people, who come behind us because like when I, when I started um, doing the autism stuff 
uh, in 2010, there, there wasn't, well, there were no dads talking about it then. And then it was still something like it, it was so one in 15,000 or something kids were being diagnosed at the time. And it was just unheard of to have two, let alone three. And, uh, and then Gavin, I've raised Gavin since he was a year old and adopt, I, I adopted him. And so to have a blended family where the one kid is autistic and then you have two more, it was like there was, it was people were just like, that just doesn't happen. Uh, and so talking about it helped me to just process everything. I would write it down and I'd walk away and, and not carry it with me. And then it became a a therapy for me. It's how I don't go crazy or crazier, I guess, depending on who you ask. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so funny. I got off the phone with this woman today who I was kind of, you know, helping through this moment of, she got her kid was diagnosed a week ago and I turned to my husband. I was like, Oh my gosh, do you remember what it felt like in that moment? Do you remember? Like I could, I'm taken back there in a heartbeat to that panic and sense of overwhelming fear and everything that was kind of, you know, muddling around in my brain to where we are now. And I just said, I'm so, so thankful we are, we are now. But then I said, but this is what I want to do. I want to help parents who are just embarking on this journey Mm -hmm. because it is so murky and so isolating. And I can't imagine 10 years ago what that was like for you. And not that it didn't exist there. I'm sure there are other people experiencing it, but nobody was talking about it. And the fact that you talked about it is just so wonderful. And like you said, it was therapy for you. It helped you get through it. I think, I think, well, moms, it's easier to connect with moms than it is to connect with dads because dads still, for whatever reason, don't like talking about it. There's a, there's a lot more of us out there now that are, that are doing this, but, um, you know, a lot of people, it's still like a secret, you know, like, like we don't, we don't want to talk about it. And, and, you know, part of it, I think is they, they fear the judgment. They're trying to protect their kids. And, um, you know, like when I, when I talk about meltdowns or something like that, like I don't view that as, is, uh, painting my kids in a bad light because that that's all kids are going to have tantrums. These are just a little bit different and, uh, it's normal for us just like not having them would be normal for somebody else. I mean, so I just kind of feel like, um, yeah, I mean, I, for me personally, I, I, I just, I think talking about it helps me. I, th- I think that it helps other people and, uh, you know, I encourage everybody to, to share their story because otherwise you have like one large organization that becomes kind of the face of what autism is. And that becomes very misleading. And, you know, you get comments like, Oh, your kid doesn't look autistic or they don't. And, you know, I mean, that, you can't hear so, my eye roll through my microphone. No, I can, I can feel the eye roll <laughs> because it, it really is a frustrating thing to have someone say, and they may, they might mean well, maybe, but like, it's, it's I, really frustrating. It to is. Hear that. It's yeah. I mean, it's like, what, what are they like? I always tell people like, you know, they don't look like, they don't look like they have autism. Like, okay. Like, what are they supposed to look like? I mean, like you don't dress like an asshole, but I mean, you still <laughs> make the comments like, you know what I mean? Like it, we, we yeah. just sort of like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I try to assume people mean well, but, but sometimes it's just, it gets, you know, a bit much. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and we did sort of talk about a lot of the Broadway mom stuff. Did One of the things that I just really wanted to like, how do you guys find balance? I, I know it's kind of different now because of COVID sort of helped you with that in some, in, in kind of yeah. a weird way. But like, how, how did you guys manage to find balance? I mean, you just do it, right? Like, I mean, parenthood, you, you figure out how do you do, how you do it, how you make everything happen. And I know for me, and I know you probably feel this way too, Jess. So chime in. I am a better parent when I am fulfilled and I am ultimately fulfilled by acting and singing and dancing on Broadway. Mm -hmm. That is what makes, fills me up. And even though when I'm doing a show, we have a long commute home, I'm getting very little sleep. Um, I am balancing a hundred things. When I'm with my kids, I am 1000% with them. I am not on my phone. I am 
with them. And I'm so satisfied in other parts of my life that I become, that I'm, I'm just a better mom. Um, and so it makes the balance worth it and it makes the struggle worth it. I think the harder part for me is when I'm not working actually is fine is finding the things that fill me up the times of self-care and what that actually means. You know, self-care isn't just like a pedicure or whatever. Self-care is finding things that give me a sense of purpose and meaning in addition to the purpose and meaning I find raising my family. Um, and I think for me, the hardest part is finding balance during the time that I'm not working strangely enough. I was going to ask if you guys, if you guys felt like working for you was sort of a form of self care because it's, it's sort of, you're living your dream and, and it helps you to be the best parent that you can be the best person that you can be. And I, I, you, you answered the question before I could ask you. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, it's, it's, it makes, it makes me, so, <laughs> yes, it's just night and day the way I feel as a human being when I'm working. Um, and look, I've never, I've not had a career doing something else. So I don't know what that is like. I don't know what it feels like to feel fulfilled by something else, but, uh, the way I am fulfilled by theater, um, is just, it's, like Jess was saying, it's a calling. It's like, part, it's part of my makeup. It's part of who I am. So when I get to do it, I'm a better human being. That's awesome. And, and self-care for anybody listening, self-care is so important. However you find it, however you, you know, wherever you find it in a, in a healthy way, obviously uh, it's so important. And COVID has made for, like for me, COVID has made it a lot harder to do that. Uh, and so I, I kind of throw myself into this stuff more often because it it's, I used to be a fire medic and that's kind of where I got my, um, like I was making a difference. I was helping people and I, and I got sort of that fixed that way. Uh, and then I got hurt and took some time off. And then, and then my, when I, when I did go back, my, my kids were having, we got to a place with the kids where it needed to be more than one of us at home. And, and so I, I had to, you know, I gave up my career. Like you talked about earlier, like you, you, sometimes you have to say no to jobs or whatever. And I, and I, I had to give up my career and, uh, and I kind of felt lost for a long time. And and then I found this and, and I'm able to sort of get what I got out of the other stuff this way. And it, and it just, you know, if I don't write for a few days, like just, you're better off just not even talking to me because like I'm, 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 uh, and it, it, it's worse after all this time locked in the house with my kids because I, I, like I said, I love my kids because I know they eventually listen to this. I love you guys, but <laughs> we all <laughs> love our needs kids. A break. We love them. It <laughs> yeah. does not mean that we don't want to just be somewhere by ourselves. Just I, per- once every you know few days would be nice. <laughs> Hell, personal space is is like this endangered fictional thing in my house anymore. <laughs> something has to be touching me all the time. If it's not one of the kids, it's, it's the dog or <laughs> the cat will decide that that's the day it's going to like me again. And, and, you know, and it's like, Oh my God, guys, I just, I just need, so I guess, I, I mean, I, I don't know how you guys do it with everything that you're, you're balancing and, and all the responsibilities in, in the careers and, and the helping other people. I mean, I like, I think it's amazing. Um, well, you just said it, you get something out of it. So why would you stop doing it? You know, it actually, and right now this, the podcast is, is saving me in a lot of ways because we do get, you know, our, we do get fulfilled and get some worth uh, within ourselves from when we are on Broadway and we're performing and what it feels like to move an audience and the response and um, hell, just having time by myself on the subway to go to work, you know, or you're sitting in your dressing room able to respond to emails or, you know, read a book for a minute because you're elsewhere. Um, so right now the podcast is definitely um, doing that for me. And, and without it, uh, I don't think I'd be handling this all as well as I, as well as I am. I mean, there are days where I'm not, but I do think that uh, I just sort of am in this headspace of like, well, this is where we're at. And until it comes back, what else can I do? And this, uh, having these conversations um, gives me a little of that. So. Totally agree. 
Um, is there, is there anything like before we close everything out, do you guys have anything you want people to know or, um, uh, any, any, any parting pearls of wisdom to all the parents out there trying not to lose their minds? My, oh, my always my wisdom to new parents is always don't be afraid to ask for help because I feel like, you know, we're so conditioned to, to think that we can handle everything on our own. And I know that help, asking for help during this time means something a little bit different, obviously, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, don't be afraid to reach out and, and even if it's connecting with a therapist or whatever it is, I think that asking for help is one of the hardest things to do. And as a parent, it's the most, uh, important or has been for me at least, especially with having a special needs kid, you know, help has been imperative. And in the beginning, I didn't feel super comfortable asking for help because I did feel like I was failing in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely don't feel that anymore. (laughs) Well, that's good. We fail every day and that's just a part of life and that's totally fine, but help is a necessity. And I would, and I would add to that just during this time, particularly to grant yourself grace, you know, just be gentle with yourself and with the expectations you have for yourself and your children and, and grant yourself grace. And, and, and keep breathing. I'm trying. (laughs) Emma John. What? Um. What? No. Remember I said a half hour and it was like 25 minutes ago? For school? Okay. Breathe. I have coaches here telling me just to breathe through it. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Well, no, no. You, that doesn't mean you get to stay right there. It's just... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so you, what you okay well we'll just do this life right life yep. and yep, uh, yeah you laugh <laughs> i love it though every time i you know i used to cut these out all the time because it was just no well i, I don't anymore i was really weird with audio and i just thought oh god just like and then i just thought you know what like we're all just trying to make it right. And it, it's more yeah. relatable and people have, have, uh, you know, this is the real stuff. I keep this telling him, why life. don't you just co-host with me? And he's like, I don't want to do that. But then like every time, <laughs> every time he has to be in here anyway. So it's like, why, why, why not just, I mean, if you're going to be Someone's heard, why not just door. be a productive, like part of the, <laughs> no. Okay. Well, we'll work Look. on it. But thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, for your time, uh, Karen, Jess, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I will have links to the podcast and then, uh, if you guys have any social media stuff or whatever that you want me to share, if you guys email that to me, I'll make sure that all gets in the, in the show notes and and check out, uh, mama's talking loud. It's awesome. Uh, I, I, like I said, I've been listening to it all week and, uh, I really appreciate that. So Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. He's, he's, he's like, he's like, come on, dad. Like you're taking too long. Wrap it up. <laughs> Wrap it up. Oh my God. All we right. all get it. Yeah. He's, he's like that, whatever the guy with the cane that yanks you off stage. That's, right, what, exactly. that's, what, that's what he's doing right now. Well, you guys stay safe. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And if I can ever help in any way, please, you know, let me, let me know. Thank you. And thank you for all that you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you yeah. very much. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, you guys you stay will. safe and yep. it's Wednesday. So this will <laughs> everybody have a nice weekend. <laughs> it airs on Fridays. So we'll just, there you we'll go. just wrap it up. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. You guys take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Before we close things out today, I just wanted to take a second and say thank you to Kara and Jess for taking the time to come on the show and having such an awesome conversation. I really do appreciate your time. I know you guys are crazy busy with everything that you're trying to juggle. Um, but I, I just wanted to, to thank you for sharing your parenting insights and your experience. You know, there's a lot of things that we can learn uh, from, from you guys and how you've managed to do everything that you do. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 so, it's so cool to be able to connect with parents who, who, can, who can just sort of relate 
you know, even if our, even if our situations aren't exactly the same, uh, you know, we all have unique challenges and we all face unique kind of obstacles in our path, but it's so cool to connect with you guys. And I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for your time. Um, so thank you very, very much. I will have links to their podcast and everything in the show notes below. I highly recommend you guys check out mama's talking loud. It is hilarious. And, uh, you'll, you'll be addicted just like I am. <laughs> uh, as for me, you can find me at the All my show notes are at the top of the page. You can subscribe to this podcast on any one of your favorite podcasting apps. Please take a second and rate it. I would really appreciate that. And, uh, don't forget to check out my parenting resource page. Uh, lots of cool stuff on there and, uh, stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, listen to our public health care professionals, and, uh, we will get through this. I hope you guys have a great weekend and I will talk to you next Friday. Thanks. Bye. Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. Brainiac cross-trains motor movement, visual, auditory, and cognitive thinking connections using fun, interactive video games. Strength and connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com, that's K-I-N-U-U dot com, and be sure to use the code THEAUTISMDAT at checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer and it will expire on May 31st.